Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, and I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And I've got a really, really fun topic for us today. So pay attention. You're probably going to want to watch this one as opposed to listen to it, because I think that's going to be really important. So I'd like to welcome Brian Galke, founder of Subtle Skills and Expert Facial Decoder. He teaches people how to learn more about the person they're talking to by decoding facial features, allowing them to speak their language and feel really seen. Today, Brian is brought in as a keynote speaker to share this technique and skill with individuals and businesses worldwide, helping them build long-standing relationships through effective communication. That's what we all want, right? Effective communication. Thank you for joining us today, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I know. This is so much fun. I've been looking forward to this. I can't wait for you to come in. I know we're talking about doing some co-sponsored stuff with another one of our uh, partner companies. Well, actually with my business partner with uh, Success North Dallas, Andrew Reed with his law firm and our company, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're salespeople. 100%. And I think the quicker we can get to building that relationship, the more sales we're going to make. Yes. Well, and the really cool part about this is it's proactive. So that's, I look, I, growing up, I studied body language, NLP, all kinds of things, but this was the first proactive skill that when I was taught it, I'm like, wait, whoa, I can go LinkedIn and I can figure out how do I uh, prepare my presentation, my product, everything based on the person I'm going to be meeting with instead Mm. of just the way I want to say it. I, I love that. And, uh, you know, I just, before we get deep, deep, deep into this, mm-hmm. I always like to talk about how we met. Sure. Do you remember how we met? Well, yeah. So I, uh, the most recent one, right, is, so I went to, uh, Bill Walsh was in town. I ended up sitting next to Bill Wallace. Bill Wallace said, you need to come in this morning. And then I show up and you're there. And then all of a sudden we find out we have mutual friends in common, right? Lori Parker, all kinds of people. Karen Gray. Yeah, Karen Gray. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really ironic because it's a big Dallas Metroplex, but it's a small world if you're in the right groups. Absolutely. And we certainly seem, and not just in Dallas, I mean, our extended circles seem to cross paths quite a bit too. I mean, we had, I think you came for Greg's. I came for Greg's because I've spoken at Greg's events. Dr. Greg Reed. And then I surprised everybody with the introduction by Steve Sims, yes. who's also been on the podcast. Right. So, so. For, me, for people who weren't there, you guys reached out to Steve while he was in Venice, Italy. He yes. recorded Greg's intro for Success North Dallas. And that was only because I had heard that, well, this was according to Steve. I'm so glad yeah. it turned out to be true <laughs> that him and Greg were like really good friends. And he oh. just would always tell me such great stories about Greg. Right. Uh, Greg and Steve, it's, uh, so I met Steve first, Okay. and at the same event as Steve's I was speaking at, Greg was there, and they do. They hang out together, they go to each other's events, they support each other, they refer each other. It's a good friendship, and you know they live near each other, so one lives in L.A., the other one lives right outside of San Diego, and when they have events, they show up and support each other, and they met actually through speaking on in the road, and something happened, and they just became really good friends, mm-hmm. and since then. Yeah, and so, and we won't go too much further into that, but I think that really illustrates the power of a a good network, not just 
a network, but one that is truly a community. Correct. It's not you just show up, watch someone speak, and then leave. It's about interaction. It's yes. about figuring out, and it's not the ones, here's all my business cards, right? Like ninja throwing stars, right? right? People just want to throw them everywhere. Like, oh, that one cut me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more of, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, hey, what do you do? And the, what I really like about the groups that you have is people ask, hey, what do you do? How can I help you? Yes. Instead of, you know, what do you do? Okay, here's my business card. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yes. So. Well, and you did something, you even went a step further. To, at the, that was your very first meeting that you had attended, right. wasn't it? The one with Dr. Greg Reed. And the next day, you sent me like this slew of pictures that you had taken of him speaking. Right. And I loved your comment. What? Tell me what you told me. Why well, do you do I that? I remember. Well, it's a professional courtesy, yeah. number one. So when you're going, you're taking pictures. That's one of the things that speakers have as assets. Mm -hmm. And people want to preserve the moment. So I look at, when I go to an event, what would I want pictures of? And so I'm totally not related to this. When I go to weddings, I do the same thing. I, I used to drive really? my wife nuts because I would sit on the aisle and I would just take a ton of pictures. Now, I don't get in the way of the actual sure. photographer, but candid shots are what you don't get when you go to a wedding. And candid shots aren't what you get when you go to an event. So, like, uh, I, when we went to Greg Greed's um, Secret Knock, I was Steve Sims' paparazzi, right? I was walking around. There's three floors. I took pictures of him from the top floor, from the bottom. And it's just, it's a, hey, thank you, and a supportive thing for people who are also speakers. So, yeah. That is such a great tip, though, oh, you know, being supportive. And mm -hmm. there's different ways that you can do that. So, and I love that about you. And you've been nothing but supportive of me since we met. I'm just like, okay, why? But I love it, <laughs> you know, but you it's, just, like, dove right the, in. It's the value you guys offer, right? There's a lot of places, like you said, you can join a mastermind, you can join a networking group. But what you have to pay attention to is what are they doing behind the scenes? What are they mm -hmm. really doing? So the fact of um, you guys doing the charity, right? So yep. you did the different charities and like bringing diapers for people. It wasn't just about let's give each other awards and pat each other on the back and only talk about what we do. It's how do we give back? So you guys are doing things for veterans. You know? yep. That's what I look at is how not just what does the network provide in terms of people that are in there? How are the interactions? And then what is that network doing? Right? Are they there to just get members, hurry up and sign up as many people as they can? Or are they doing something for community? And that's what I like about it. Not the 7 a.m. part, but the rest is good. <laughs> I don't like the 7 a.m. part either. Yeah. Let me be honest. Yes. <laughs> I didn't pick that time. So tell us about you and, you know, what do you do? Why, why sure. do I think you're so interesting? So I was certified by an attorney on how to understand people based on their facial features. And the thing about it was I'm a total introvert. And so, but I love being around people. So I'm an introvert extrovert. Like I'll be out in public and then stuck in my own head at the same time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I, matter of fact, even now I work from home. So I have to go to Starbucks to work some days because I feel isolated just being by myself. I don't talk to anybody, but I have to be around the movement and energy of people moving gotcha. and doing things. Right. And in 2010, a friend came in town. She said, Hey, let's meet up for dinner. I show up to the restaurant. She's like, I'm not going to make it. And I, oh, here we go. And then she's like, you have to come meet this guy. I'm like, no, I'm at the restaurant. I'm where we said we were going to be. She's like, no, you have to come over here and meet me. I said, why? She goes, he reads faces. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me rush over there for that. <laughs> so I went with a you know, chip on my shoulder. I'm like, this guy ruined my dinner plans. And I went over there just waiting to find him to say, like, just generic things. Oh, you've had a hard time in life. Oh, you've, you, know, you know someone with name M. Oh, you, you, know, you name it. And instead, we sat at dinner, and I was just waiting to unload on this guy. And he started dissecting everybody in the table including me to a T and I was instantly hooked. I'm like, wait, wait, how do I find out about this? Wow. Yeah. And it changed my life. So I went from being on the help desk to a regional vice president of sales, because once you learn to focus on other people, you get out of your own way. And like you said before, we're in sales, but the problem with sales is I know what I have and I know what I want to sell you, but not 
what's the best way for you to understand what I have? And that's what you can really learn to do is, I know what I want to say, but how would you best receive it is the real trick to it all. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm just going to go out on a list. Well, before I do that, yeah. talk to us about the types of services that you offer sure. and with through Settled Skills. Sure. Uh, keynote speaking, right? Come in, do trainings. I do corporate kickoffs every year, uh, president's clubs, corporate retreats, you name it. So what a lot of times will happen is anybody who wants to engage their team for the next year, that's a no-brainer because everybody needs a new skill. So what industries have we done that across? Automotive, um, believe it or not, Department of Public Safety because they, they have staff and how to better to understand someone and treat people as an individual than to say, what does their face say about them? So all kinds of industries, I've spoke on stage with Brad Lee, uh, Alex Ramosi, you name it, Steve Sims, Greg Reed's events, all that because when I learned this, I used it for personal gain for 10 years and then I wanted to learn to teach it to other people. So when I went on a date one time in 2012, the girl asked, what do you wanna do in life? I'm like, I wanna get paid to travel the world and teach people something. And I learned that skill, but I was afraid to do it. Mm. And then once I started doing it, it's way more satisfying than a lot of other things I've done. So are you offering any kind of certification process on your own? Not the certification yet. Uh, okay. I want people to learn it first. So one of the things I do is homage. Actually, um, because we're here in Fort Worth, my mentor went to TCU. So I would drive from Dallas to Fort Worth twice a month with a group to learn from him. And then once I learned it, then the way that I kind of paid him back for teaching me the skill was I helped him like sell his flashcards and things. So the certification, it's one of those I still have imposter syndrome, even though I've been doing it for 10 years, that I don't want the idea of, oh, well, I'm certified because people have misused it when my mentor did it before. And so they would combine it with things like, well, I, I read spirits or energy and then on top of that. And so they kind of blurred his name. Oh. So I like teaching the skill, but not necessarily certifying in the skill, if that makes sense. That does make sense, but yeah. I, I want to learn it. And what are these flashcards? Um, so I didn't bring my backpack with me today. So there's three deck sets. And what you do is it's just like a flashcard as a kid. You start out with it and you go, okay, today I grab one flashcard and here's how I would use it. I would take it with me and I go, I'm going to find this feature on all these different people. And when I found it, I'm like, okay, now what does the feature mean again? And I'd flip it over and I'd read what it was. So it's literally flashcards. I want those. Yeah. Okay, I'll bring some for you next I time we're together. Those. Yes. Because the book is good. Like that's how I first learned was through book. But the book is, you have to highlight the features and figure it out on your own. With flashcards, mm -hmm. there's little arrows that say it's here. But the advantage I had was going and sitting twice a month with my mentor. Mm -hmm. And then because he lives locally, like we still go to uh, lunch once a month or every other month. So I'm still continually learning from it, but learning from a book is hard. So there's that yeah. levels of learning, right? Book, you can get a little bit of knowledge, flashcards that much more, just like when we're in school, right? You have right. your math book, but flashcards are how you really study. Yep. And then I have virtual courses and I do in-person training. So I love that. And I do mm. definitely want some of those flashcards. That's sure. like how I love anything. And I know this isn't brain related, but it kind of is. Oh, it is. Because yeah. when you learn how to read somebody's features, you're effectively learning how to trigger their brain. Correct. So I would love that. Okay, so tell me something about me. Sure. Well, I'll answer one thing and then we will. Um, okay. If you've ever read the book Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl. Love that okay. book. What's the book about? The people who were in the prisons, if they said it's about self-preservation, they perished. But if they said, I want to see my family members again, then they had that drive. Because when we want to help someone else, we do more. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I love about it. And also the five love languages. It's the exact same thing. I know what I want to say, but how do I speak your language, right? What is your love language? Uh, depends. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, there's different ones. I don't have a lot of upper eyelids, so I'm not a lot of time and attention. So the fuller upper eyelid is the more lid you see, the more they think in terms of we. So when you see somebody with a fuller eyelid, they're your time and attention people. Wide area here is physical touch. Wide area right here, or sorry, not wide area, 
horizontal line here is words of affirmation. What is mine? Uh, you've got a little bit of the line right here. So words of affirmation. You're more of a hugger than a handshaker. That's the area right here, right? That's so, you know, so true. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have a lot of upper eyelids. So you're fine doing things by yourself. If somebody joins you, it's a, a bonus, not a requirement. But yeah. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> All that just for, and you can't even see my eyebrows or my ears. I know. So that's, but that's exactly. So I teach like the way my mentor taught me was he went like here and then here. And I'm like, but you can't see ears 50% of the time. If right. If you're even lucky. Sometimes it's even more than that. So I actually go top to bottom of the face. Then I come back up and do jaw and then ears because depending on how they're turning, you may or may not see certain features. But here. yeah. There you see you. an ear. Okay, so you're more auditory than visual. So larger ears, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in comparison to your face. So larger ears and smaller eyes are people who are auditory first and visual second. So if I was selling to you, I would say things like, hey, how does that sound? Does this sound like a good idea? Do you hear where I'm coming from? I would use auditory phrases. Okay. I would also leave you a voice text versus a, a regular text. <gasps> yeah. Or I would send you a video because then I get the best of both worlds. I get visual and auditory. I don't like text. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why, because you're auditory, right? So, yes, I hate them. They annoy yeah. me so, so bad. A voice text gets you what you need. And I will and, listen to those. And it's faster than listening to voicemail. And you can respond back in voice also. So if you go listen to voicemail, then you have to call me back. But we can exchange voice text. So uh, Janine Driver, the bilingual expert. I know Janine Driver okay. very well. Okay, so her and I work together. And she's got large ears and smaller eyes as well. And so if I text Janine, nothing. Crickets. If I voice text her or video text her, hey, Brian, how's it going? She immediately responds. So you just learn to kind of do what the other person respond to you with. So I'm visual. I prefer just regular text or memes, which is why Joe and I get along. But I know <laughs> if I'm talking to Janine or you, then a voice text would probably go better. That is awesome. Yeah. I've learned so much. More. Well, it's not that I've learned more about myself. It's I understand why I do some of the things I do now. Yes. And I am a hugger, not a handshaker. Right. And that's the wide area right here. <laughs> I don't like you. Well, that's yeah, it's not saying you have to hug everyone. It's just right. say, of the people you like, how would you do yeah. it? So if we were in a business setting, right, I could even shake your hand and I could do this, which is twice the touch, right? So yep. it's not a hug, but it's still professional. And it can be man or woman that has that. Interesting. Okay. Right. I right. am loving this conversation. You want to know more? Or other yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. What else you got? All right. So cheeks are, if you go from the nose out, are like gas gauges. So the wider the cheeks are, the more energy they have. So what do you have? You have wide cheeks. So you can keep going and going and going a lot, right? Until I die. Exactly. <laughs> Strong jaw, once you make up your mind. Mm -hmm. Wee bit stubborn, right? It's like latching on to what you... <laughs> See, uh, so you what, know, I, I need to share that we do have a studio audience today that knows me very well and is making faces about all this. Yes. Uh, one of the things that you did also is we, when you raise your chin, it kind of dimples up a little bit and okay. that's called an obstinate chin. And that is, you're not quite sure that everybody's telling you the truth. So you're going to check all the time. Like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. And that's that You've obstinate chin. Following me around? <laughs> it's what your face tells me. Wow. Yeah. And so you can do this to anybody. Like literally people go, oh, you're just telling people what they want to hear. And so I'll go, okay, show me somebody on your phone. And I did this just the other night. So it was, there was a local event here. A bunch of people from around the world came in for apartment investing. And so I was there and I was talking to some of them. They're like, nope, nope, can't be real. I said, all right, find me somebody on your phone that isn't here and I can do the exact same thing. And sure enough, we did it because it's what resting facial features are. So everybody confuses this with the show Lie to Me, and that is micro expressions in the face. Those are on the face, but that's not face reading or decoding facial features. That is looking for the muscles to move within a portion of a second. So there's a great show on Hulu called Lie to Me. Okay. It's based on Dr. Paul Ekman. He's the one who wrote a lot of books on micro expressions. So it's like body language for the face. 
I'm teaching resting facial features. Now, do I sneak in some micro expressions? Yes. So for example, um, if you're talking to someone and they have rounded lower lids, then they're open to hearing what you're talking about. If they suddenly straighten, you've just flatlined. And so they're mentally trying to shut you out of the conversation. And so when you see that happen on someone, you see it go from so I wouldn't even know if it happened, right? Yeah, because Am I round control. right now? Yeah, you're rounded right now. But if I said something you didn't like, it goes straight. And as soon as you see that, you need you just flatlined, and you better figure out what what the problem is. And don't wait. You right. can actually say, "Didn't seem like that really sat well with you." Is there something you'd like to discuss further? Further, so you can look for that. We're familiar with people gritting their jaw. We're familiar with if people's nostrils start flaring, that's signs of anger. But we don't know about that. I've because, never heard that. Oh yeah, I can show you in the, in the cards. I, yeah. yeah, I'm really sad you don't have those with you today. I'd yeah. like to I see didn't bring my full backpack. Normally uh, I do, and I thought, eh. No, but that's fine, but I definitely want to see those. Um, and I, that's so, you know, one of the things that, and I'm very, like, transparent with mm -hmm. my face. Like, if I don't like you, you're going to know it. <laughs> right. My One of my uh, coworkers used to tell me all the time, she's like, Casey, don't lie, because your face can't lie. Yeah. You, you just... Because we happened to be at a restaurant and the waitress really irritated me. And she said something, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. And my friend was like, it's fine. It's really fine. You yeah. know, <laughs> trying to cover for me because yeah. I was done. Well, that's, it, you know, so it's kind of a, a double-edged sword is we have to not walk on eggshells around people. But we also have to make sure that the way that we, if we're short, it's other people don't necessarily take it that way. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's just learning how to handle people differently. So, yeah. That's another thing that is so interesting. You're bringing up some, you're triggering <laughs> me, man. You're triggering me. Um, so, but another thing, like when people first meet me, like when I get in go mode, right. like when I'm working, yep. I will give short, direct answers and people feel like I'm being rude to them. Mm -hmm. And that's just, they need to learn well, how to read my face. So what it is, is in proportion to the size of your face, you have a small mouth. So you don't talk to talk. You talk when you know what you're talking about and when you need something. Right, so that's when you look at someone. So we say, hey, you got a big mouth. What are they? People who talk a lot and expand upon while they're talking. Smaller mouth for the size of your face. You talk when you know you're right and what you're going to talk about. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> there you go. Right. And now, um, if you raise your bangs back, I'm just kind of curious. No, it'll no? mess up my hair. All right, we'll do this. We'll okay, do that Because I'll yeah. never get them back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because that's like if you had a line here, that'd be called a freight train line. I was going to ask you about that. I heard yeah. that somebody, well, our oh, yeah. live audience <laughs> mentioned it, that he saw it on right. a podcast. So tell me about that. Yeah, so that's a straight up and down horizontal line here. Or, I'm sorry, vertical line here. If you see that on someone, that's somebody who once they make up their mind, they're like a freight train. They just run full steam ahead. And so like Joe, Joe Ingram has this. When Joe gets an idea, he runs with it. So when somebody is like that and you see that freight train line, you can either stand in front of a freight train and get run over or you can get on board and help steer it. So you gotta know, just let them go and go with them. And then you can help direct things. But if you tell them why they can't do it, they're just gonna run you over the process. Now are you talking about Joe at VIP? No, Joe Ingram. That oh, we Joe were talking Ingram. about earlier. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'll show you a picture of it later on. Because okay. I use him as one of my examples of somebody who's got a freight train line. Does he know that you used him? Oh yeah, absolutely. Him, Janine knows I use pictures of her because like Janine gets up on stage and she'll share all these stories, but she has a very flat upper lip. And so a flatter upper lip are, we actually say the phrase, keep a stiff upper lip yeah. to say like, hey, be stoic. Don't share so much information, right? Be strong. So when you see somebody with a flatter upper lip, they don't like talking about themselves. Or sorry, they don't like being asked questions about themselves. So like Janine will get up and share her entire life up on stage. But if she gets off stage and you ask her personal questions, she's gonna go, why do you need to know that? Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that about her. Oh, so, yes. uh, so 
I mean, I, I kind of understand why you do what you do, but I want to talk about, you know, in your own words, why is facial decoding so important? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one is this item and this mm -hmm. item, right? Smartwatches and smartphones have connected us to the world, but disconnected us from people. True. So like, for example, when we came in here, what do we have to make sure we do? Okay. Do we put it on zoom? Do we turn everything off? Yeah, exactly. But we don't do that in real life. And so what'll happen is I was actually talking to Mac on the way here. He said he went to lunch and three girls came in and they all sat on their phones and never even talked to each other the entire lunch period. I see that all the time. Yes. And so I get it. Look, we're, we're constantly checking social media, emails, you name it. But when you learn to read facial features, you're giving people your time and attention. And there's four basic human needs, physical safety, emotional safety. People want to feel seen and heard mm. and people want to feel connected. Well, by looking and analyzing faces, people feel seen and heard and they feel connected because you're giving people time and attention, which we've gotten horrible about after yep. the year and a half we're at home. You know, it was just, people don't do that. And even over Zoom, that's always the question of, do I stare at the camera, do I stare at you, do I stare at, you know, the screen? So even during Zoom calls, we don't feel connected because people are looking down to look at other people's faces and the camera's up here. And it's nuts, like there's some people who will do a Zoom call like this, and the entire time they're looking at a different camera and I'm like, or they're looking at a different screen because yes. a lot of people have two screens. Right. And so I will actually say, if I, if I need to enlarge something, I'll say, Hey, I'm not being rude. I'm not being distracted. This is my larger monitor. If I need to blow things up, this is where I put it. So if you do that, it's no different than I, I take notes. Like you would not believe when I go to things and I'll tell people I'm not checking email. I am taking notes and I'll show you the notes when we're done so that people know that it's not being rude because we assume, we're so used to people not paying attention yes. or being distracted. That's what people assume that we're doing all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me how this might help someone who's going in for an interview. Sure. The problem of going in for an interview is we want to just talk about why we're the best thing on earth, right? Mm -hmm. Which we know why we're good people and we know our greatest hits. But if we're not speaking the language of the person who's there, then we're not doing it. So for example, there's three basic shapes of eyebrows. There's rounded eyebrows. Think about the people around them straight eyebrows or get straight to the point and angled eyebrows like I have are what's my angle help me understand it. So if I'm talking to the person hiring, I'm going to look and figure out which of those three are they because I'm still going to tell you why I'm the best candidate, but I'm going to change the way that I say it. So for example, if they have rounded eyebrows, what I'd say is when we come on that what I'm going to be able to do with help with the customers and the internal coworkers, and I'm going to make it about other people because that's what rounded eyebrow people think about. If it's straight eyebrows, I'm going to get straight to the point as soon as possible. This is why I'm the best candidate for the job. These are my stats that you're interested in. What else do you want to know? And let that person ask me more questions. If it's angled eyebrow, it's once you hire me, you know, then, cause you're making it about the person with the angled eyebrow, help them understand what their angle of what's their uh, win in it. So I'm still pushing me as the candidate, Yeah. but it's all three different ways. You should write like a whole book on this. Oh, there are, I'm working on it right now. Are you? So, yeah, because I, I already created the course, the virtual training. And then what I realized is there's not a workbook for it. And so I'm in the process of doing that as we speak. Oh, yeah. If you need help with any of that, let me know. I will. Because like totally just self-published recently. So I know you had your launch yesterday. I Congratulations. Did. Thank you. Yeah. It was so much fun. And we just had a blast. So, okay. My eyebrows, can you see them? They look more straight on work side and a little more rounded on this side. So okay. we can be a different person. So I, I guess I should back step one. I was going to say, I split <laughs> personalities. Everybody does. So we have a personal side and we have a professional side. So an easy way to remember if I say, hey, are you married? It's a personal question. Wherever the wedding ring would go in the U.S. is the personal side. Doesn't matter gender, 
left-handed, right-handed. Really? Yeah. The reason I say so the in, left side is the personal. left side is personal. Side. Okay. Or you can make an L, right? So you've got business is an S, personal is an L. Just don't do this to other people, right? <laughs> it looks funny. <laughs> but yeah, <maybe>. exactly. <laughs> uh, so this is a personal side and this is a professional side. And we can have different facial features and our faces are constantly changing. So there's 42 muscles in the face. The mind creates movement, movement creates muscle. And so when our parents said, don't make that face or get stuck that way, yes, there's some truth to that. So when we go later, I'll show you the picture of me at 18 versus 38, which I put in all my presentations. And I used to have straight eyebrows. My ears used to stick out more different. My eyes angled down more. All these things can change over time. And people go, that can't be true. Well, if you've ever seen somebody have a stroke, what happens? Only one side of their face yeah. goes because it's right brain versus left brain. Instead of, it's not a portion of their face that, that goes, it's one side or the other. Interesting. Yes. That is so interesting. <laughs> so, all right. So let's say I'm in an interview mm -hmm. and I see somebody making that negative. Maybe they got the straight, what did you call it? The eyelids. Straight, straight the, lower eyelid, yes. You know, you, find, you see that negative. Mm -hmm. So it'd be a question, are you on the interviewer side or are you being interviewed? Being interviewed. If you're being interviewed, then they've already started to shut you out. And so you could say, was there something that you had a question about? Or was there something about my answer you wanted to dig into a little bit more? Right? Because chances are people show up with a resume. And we all have that unfortunate belief of a resume is a nice letter of lies because <laughs> people show up saying, I am the best person ever. And I've never been a bad employee. I've never been late for right? work and all these things. So when you, when you answer a question and you see somebody go like that, it's literally the equivalent of somebody doing like this, but they're doing it with their eyes. Because we've been taught to be polite, right? We don't stick mm -hmm. our hands in our pockets. We don't cross our arms. But when somebody does that, then you, your goal is to try and get them to literally open back up. And so you'd stop Interesting. and say, well, you know, did you have a question about my answer? Is there something more you'd like to know about what I answered with? And then they can answer that. Okay. So if I'm the interviewer mm -hmm. and I see that from a candidate that maybe I really like, you right. know, it would depend on what you were just discussing, but they started doing that same thing. They're shutting you out. And so it'd be like, did you have an additional question about the position that we have open or was it the salary requirements depending? So let's say we talked about pay and somebody did that. Well, then I would assume, oh, it's not in the pay range that they wanted. Oh. So it would depend on what the, what the statement was that happened right before that happened in their eye. Oh, that's really good. Mm -hmm. That is, you know what I think I'm going to do? I got an idea <laughs> I'm here. I'm kind of worried now. <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> yeah. So as part of my prepping, because I, mm -hmm. I prep my candidates before every interview that they go on with my clients or sure. any clients, right? Mm -hmm. And for every one, even if it's the third or the fourth one with the same client. Right. I think I'm going to start teaching them how to decode. You should. I need those flashcards. Well, it's, and even beyond the person they're interviewing with, the question is who is the hiring person for that role? Yeah. Because once you make it past one, you may have to deliver the same information, but in a different manner to the other person. So I used to be part of a group that any customer over a million dollars, me and two other people were flown across the U.S. to do presentations. And in my hotel room, I could always practice my projector, my PowerPoint, my product, but people were the unknown until I learned this. Now, even though I walked in because a lot of times they were blind evaluation committees, mm -hmm. I would walk in, I'd figure out, okay, who's got what shape eyebrow? How high or low is their eyebrow? How big or full is their upper lip? You know, is it, is it thin, is it full? And that way you, you start looking and figuring out who people are. And then I would always make sure, and this is what every candidate should do when they're talking. They need to talk about things visually, they need to talk about things verbally, and they need to talk about things kinesthetically because you don't know what that other person is, right? Mm -hmm. Now with you, your ears are hidden, so if you hadn't pulled out your, I wouldn't know your auditory. So while I was talking to you, I would say things that are auditory like, well, you know, it sounds like this is a really good position. What I'm hearing you say is this. 
And then later on, I'd add in visual things because you have good size eyes. You just have larger ears in proportion to your face. Mm -hmm. So then I would test the visual. I'd say like, well, so picture this or, you know, you'd use a visual word while okay. you're talking to someone. And then if it's kinesthetic, you could say things like, well, I can't wait to, you know, get in this job, roll up my sleeves and really dig into things. So that's also kind of a brain hack because, you know, one of the things I tell my candidates, especially if they're uh, interviewing over video, mm -hmm. because, you know, you miss that touch and there is there, there's something magical that happens when you shake somebody's hand because Absolutely. it releases endorphins. Right. Mm -hmm. But and you probably know this. I have them tell them, man, I wish I was there in person. If I were, I would give you a handshake right now. It releases the same endorphins. So I'm reading right now the book Psycho Cybernetics. I'm rereading it. So Bradley and Janine are reading it. Janine brought it back up last night because I was talking to her. And um, it talks about the brain can't tell the difference between a real thing that happened or what you picture happening. Yes. And so when you tell so someone true. to do that, it absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. Another little thing I love what Mel Robbins does about the high five habit. Oh, I recommend that book to everybody. I love that book. Yes. And so and I was using that one day and I was like, your brain doesn't know. Just high five yourself in the mirror. Yep. Having a bad day, run off to the bathroom. There. Exactly. I, I actually have my mirror. I won't let them clean it when they clean the house, which is not that often. But when they do, I, I make them leave the mirror because I've got the smudges from getting up in the morning. And I've got, I've got a, like a vision board type thing right here of what I want to see while I'm brushing my teeth. But every day when I get up, I go and high five myself in the mirror. I think that book is great. It is such a good book. Such yeah. a good book. Okay, one other little brain hack. Sure. Do you um, oh, you want to ask? I, I, well, let's both share one. Okay. You uh, share one. Well, let's go ladies first. Okay. Do you know that if you laugh for real or laugh for fake, your body does, your brain doesn't know the difference? I did not know that. Really? Okay, that's a new one. Um, I will give a networking tip. Okay. Okay, when you're going out to places, stop asking what do you do? Because all people hear is what can you do for me? Or what do you mm. do for me, right? And so start asking, especially now that we're back out in public again, hey, look, now that we can travel again, where are you gonna go next on vacation? The reason why is people plan their vacation, people show up to work. Think about it. You've got two weeks, you've got 10 days, you're playing, where's my hotel, where's my airfare? You're picking where you're gonna go in the world and somebody's going on vacation that they pick will tell you more about them than what they do as a profession. And if somebody hates their job and you ask, so what do you do? They subconsciously hate you as well because you reminded them of what they hate doing. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Wow, this time has flown by and I am definitely gonna champion you to come in and do some training for our company for Absolutely. sure. I love this and I think it's so important, but now I get to put you on the hot spot. Sure. I wanna ask you our three VIP questions. All right, go for it. All right. So if you were chosen to be a colonist on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Um, computer, for sure, right? Because you're gonna wanna look up how to do things, YouTube videos, things, you name it like that. Obviously my daughter, I have a six-year-old, so I'd Aww. want her to go. And what would the third one be? A boyfriend for your daughter? No, <laughs> <laughs> definitely not, she's young. Uh, so let's see, computer, gosh, I don't know what the third one, third one would be. You know, oh, I know what it would be. I'd, I would want to take a, a phone for a, to be able to talk to other people and take pictures of my daughter as she grows up. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. All right. So what's one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? The high five habit we talked about. I love it. I, I'm not high as five. consistent as I used to be, but yes, that is one I try to get up and get going is walk up and go do that. I know that you're supposed to make your bed because the Admiral said to do it. Yes. I don't do that all the time. Um, I kind of halfway do it. Yeah. Okay. And then... Um, like coffee, 
Like that. Coffee's look, important. I call it decaffeinated. Like I'm agitated if I don't if I don't have <laughs> caffeine. So yes, that's a necessary evil for me. I like that one. <laughs> so if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, mm-hmm. what would the headline be? Let's see. My whole life or just the work life? It's up to you. Okay. So I would say from introvert to extrovert, and that would be because my whole life what I felt like is I had to keep learning to get to know other people better. And introvert and extrovert, there is no right or wrong answer. It's kind of being a blend of both when you need it to be. But I'm constantly questing. So even though I've learned this skill and I've been studying it for 10 years and I know it works, I'm still studying other things as well. So like uh, I'm going to be taking an NLP class again here in two weeks. Oh my gosh, let me yeah. know where you're doing that at. Oh, just right up the road here in Frisco. I've yeah. been wanting to do that for so long. Yeah, it's going to be. I'll share the information. We're okay, yeah, I would love that. I'm always picking up books because I think the minute you stop learning in life is when you start dying. Yep. And there's always something we can pick up. Like I have, it's shameful. I have books on my shelf that I haven't even gotten to yet because when a new book comes out, I'm like, oh, let me grab that one. Like Alex Ramosi's book just arrived today, right? Um, but even if you get just one good idea from a book or it's a book you can give away to someone else to help them, why not? I love that. How do people find you? Because I know they're going to want to find sure. you. So there's everything on online is just subtle skills, S-U-B-T-L-E skills, S-K-I-L-L-S, like TikTok, Instagram, you name it. But I realized nobody can spell subtle. So you can also go to decodetheface.com and it will redirect you to my website. That's so <laughs> awesome. I knew this was going to be a fun interview, and I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today and to share a little bit about this. I think this is just incredibly valuable information. So I appreciate you being here, and I have one last thing to say to you. Sure. You are a VIP. Thank you. And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.